the spirit of the Holy Spirit in this place. Amen, church. Isn't it awesome to know that wherever he is, there is holy ground. We just tell you, church, take off the sandals that you wear for the place you stand right now. Right now is holy ground. For his spirit is in this place. Would you just reach out to him and say, Lord, I need you. Fill me up to overflowing. I seek your grace as we wait seek your face come and make your throne upon our praise he in this place have your way the moment that we see we are changed show us your glory show us your glory in wonder and surrender we fall down show us your glory show us your glory let every burning heart be holy Make us holy ground. Lead not by power, not by might, but only by the cross we come alive. Here we're undone. Oh, because 
your goodness and your grace and your mercy are just overwhelming in this place. Your presence is so palpable here, Heavenly Father, that anyone who seeks has to just reach out and say, here I am, Lord, would you fill me? And we are so not worthy of this awesome opportunity, but we still thank you, Heavenly Father, for you are so good, so gracious, so merciful, and your love never ends. And for that, we give you honor and glory and praise, Heavenly Father. Lord, I know that there is families right now that are just brokenhearted right now with the loss of a family member, a young man, just passed away completely unexpected and left two young 
boys. Heavenly Father, I pray that you be with that family right now. Give them peace and comfort in this overwhelming time of grief. Be with the Gonzalez family and the Baird family, Heavenly Father, for, for they know not where to turn, Heavenly Father. And we cannot give an explanation at all. All we know is that your love and your grace and your mercy will cover them. Their broken heart will be bound up by your love. And for anyone else who has a family member that has that, that, that has passed away suddenly or maybe not so suddenly, Heavenly Father, I pray your comfort because only your comfort can fill the brokenheartedness of a loss of a family member. I pray for those individuals here who have just a, a health condition, Heavenly Father, or a family member with a health condition, for we know that you are the doctor of all doctors, that you were the giver of wisdom for all of those circumstances, Heavenly Father. We pray your grace and your mercy over that. Heavenly Father, some of us come in here with just brokenheartedness for all kinds of things. Maybe we've been watching the news. Maybe we're overwhelmed by what's happening in the Middle East. Maybe we're overwhelmed by Ukraine. Maybe we're overwhelmed by the violence in this very city, in our very neighborhood. Maybe it's something that's happening in our very home, Heavenly Father. You know the needs of your children. You know when they cry out to you, Heavenly Father. I pray that you fill each one of us with your comfort and your grace, with your wisdom and understanding, so that we know that we know that we know that you are with us, that we know that we know that we know that you are the provider, that you have already won the battle, just like we sang just a minute ago, that you have already won the battle for us, Heavenly Father. Let us live in that comfort. Let us live in that grace and in the presence of the Heavenly Father, knowing that you, Heavenly Father, have a plan and a purpose for each of us. Thank you for, thank you for just having a plan and a purpose for each of us. Thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for the opportunity to bring you praise, honor, and glory. In your name we pray, amen and amen. Can we give him praise, church, for he is good. That's right, he is good. Can you turn to someone and welcome him into the house of the Lord this morning? Good morning, my family. New Beginnings Church, what's going on? Hello, hello, hello. It's good to see you guys. Amen. Amen. Yeah. We want to welcome you into his presence. You know, I love the fact that we walk right into his presence. Amen. Isn't Amen. he good? Isn't he good? Amen. So, church, hey, my name is Michael Romero, your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings Church. And my name is Roxy de Santiago, and it is, as always, my honor and pleasure to be part of your worship team. And, you know, we want to welcome as well those watching from home. Amen. Uh, Thank you for joining us online as well. Uh, Some might be like, oh, my gosh, an hour? I want two hours. Well, that's right. Uh, I want two hours. Uh, And so they might be joining us online. Hey, also, if you're a first-time visitor, maybe a second-time visitor, we just want to welcome you back. 
Any first-time visitors? Do we have any first-time visitors? I, hey, I welcome. Just, amen. Come on. Good to welcome see you. Welcome in, my brother. Welcome in. Well, we're going to connect with you here in a little bit, and we want to make sure to connect with you and all the first-time visitors, maybe the first time online. We're, we're going to give them an opportunity to connect That's right. with us as well. Listen, we try to be family, so we want um, if, for yes. those of you, we're going to connect with them, but if you see him, welcome him as well. Let him know that we are a church that loves Jesus Christ and wants to make sure that you feel like family when you walk in the door. Amen? That's right. That's what we do. That's who we are. So, so church, we want to we want to catch you up on a couple of things, or maybe you haven't heard yet. But it is Christmas time is here. Ooh, the music is playing. The That's trees right. are out. And, and so, church, I, I know as you walk in, you see you see a little bit of Christmas decor out there already. Uh, that's actually uh, under his construction that's and right. the work that they do every year. Such important work. It is. You know, every year we, we partner, New Beginnings partners with UHC under his construction, uh, as well as with Angel Tree, what is, what is a prison. It came out of a prison fellowship ministry. Amen. It's a prison ministry outside of the walls. It's, it's such an amazing opportunity for you to change lives. Listen, um, in New Mexico... We have a lot of children whose parents are incarcerated, and you know those parents love their kids, and they can't communicate with them all the time. And this is one way that you can be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. You can be that intermediary there in the middle. The angel tree, the tree that's out there will have tags on it. You pick up a tag, and that tag represents two changed lives that you can impact one is the life of the person in prison who needs Jesus Christ and just wants to share love with their child. And the second is the life of that child who's receiving that gift. You know how important it is for both of those people to receive a moment where you can be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's so important. Two lives, one tag. I, I highly encourage you to pick up that tag and just, just get out there, church. It changes lives. And we, no. have, we have, go ahead. No, one of the passions that we have most definitely is re- <laughs> reuniting families. I, I can tell you're a little passionate about this, Shanti, and I get it because we love it, right? We love uniting families and, and bringing families together, and that's one of the ways. I mean, when you talk to Pastor Chris, that's how him and his son got reunited right. as well. He's our pastor at UHC. That's one of the ways that he was able to reconnect with his son because now they know, hey, my parents still think about me because they do, because yeah. they do. They're on the inside, yet they still want to bless their kids and you and i don't get the credit you and i don't need the credit uh the parent gets the credit jesus gets all the honor and the glory for that amen Amen. and so we want to partner with you if you wouldn't after service stop by their table you'll see the the christmas tree lit up and the table you have a couple of attendants there picking up the names is all great you know you want to pick up three i know my family and i we bless you know three about two or three maybe four kids every year um Picking them up is great. It's turning them back in. Please, that please. is really the impact, right? You can. They're, oh, wow, well, we ran out of tags. That's Ooh. great. But we only got twenty five percent back. That's not what we want to hear. We want those coming back, gift the, the wrapped or maybe in a nice bag. Because at the end of that church, what happens is that UHC holds and hosts a huge party here, here. at New Beginnings Church, right. where those kids come and receive and. The team at UHC and other volunteers come in, and they throw a big bash and dress up like Santa and the elves, and they do skits and plays and musicals, and it's just an amazing, amazing time. And we're able to bless those families uh, that otherwise might not be able to receive even a, a gift at all, right. but especially from their loved ones on the inside. And I just, again, I would reiterate, 
please, if you pick up a tag, please, please bring it. Either that's bring right. the tag back if you decide you can't do it with that. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. If you can't pick up that gift, just bring the tag back so someone else can pick up the tag as well. These no. families are depending on that. But thank you so much. I'm going to thank you guys in advance right now because I know yep. that you guys are such a giving church that all of those tags are going to be taken. Amen. Amen. That means all of those lives are going to be Amen. touched. Let's. I, that's what I believe, Michael Romero. You know that's why, what I believe. Roxy? Why? Because that's what we do. That's what we do. That's what we do, family. That's what thank we you, do. New Beginnings Church. Church, a couple other things that you and I do. Uh, we we there was a there was at one point we had a, a senior uh, group here. It was called Joy. It was at one point known as just older youth. It was Joy, and it kind of it kind of. Mm, disappeared for a little call, bit. We're going to say COVID did that. Co COVID did yeah, that, We're just yeah. going to blame everything gonna, on COVID. COVID did it. That's right. Yeah. It's true. But we're going to revive that. Mm -hmm. And it's senior ambassadors here at New Beginning. So if you have 55-plus ministry and, you know, it's kind of in the middle of the day, it's from, from 10 to 12, and it's going to be on Thursday. It's, I'm sorry, every Friday from 10 to 12, and it, it starts on the 17th of november mm -hmm. okay and it's going to kick off the 17th of november so if you're a senior ambassador 55 plus and you say you know what i can go ahead and dvr prices right <laughs> and let's make a deal because i want to go fellowship with my brothers and my sisters at new beginnings church i want you to do that because the fellowship is going to be super awesome I, I know prices right is important but let me tell you another reason why you should come is that there will be food Yes. Like there, you bring a dish that you can that you like or that you would like to share. Mm -hmm. um, bring a dish, and of course, bring your Bible because it is about learning and growing in in the Word of God. Mm -hmm. It doesn't it doesn't matter that you're 55 plus or older. It only matters that you are constantly striving to learn something new. The mysteries in the Bible. You could spend your entire lifetime. People do, in fact, spend an mm -hmm. entire lifetime trying to figure out what it has to say and still keep learning. So 55 and over, you you got it. We can teach you some new tricks, Amen. I think. So we encourage you, church, get involved. Those and so many other things that we want to invite you to, like our, our sisterhood night of worship. Never want to miss the opportunity to talk about that. It's going to be on November the 10th here at New Beginnings at 7 p.m. So sisters, uh, sisterhood here at New Beginnings, please invite, invite another sister of Christ, maybe your sister, maybe your niece, another woman in your life that you say, I want to bless you with an awesome night of worship and prayer. It's literally just worship and prayer. That's what it's going to be surrounded right. by. So it's going to be led by our worship team here. And we're going to have leaders from Sisterhood leading us in prayer. And so I, I, I encourage you to do that. And so many other events that we have at church, we could spend so much more time. But always download that. For our first-time visitors, those maybe at home or in the house, my brother, I want you to scan this QR code that's behind me to connect with us. Say, hey, it's my first time here. Or maybe you say I want to be baptized. Or maybe you just want a general question. That's a great way to do it. We really want to connect with our first-time uh, visitors today. Um, church, we've talked about just a few things. There are so many other things, so many other ways that New Beginnings tries to be sure that there is a place for you to grow, a place for you to be, and a way for you to be the hands and feet in Jesus Christ. We reach up, we reach into our church, and we reach out to our community. If you want to be at all involved, amen, that's what we do. Um, but we need you. We need you to be able to do all of that. And if you want to find a way um, to be involved, to get connected, check that QR code. It's also a way for you to communicate with the pastors. If you have an idea for a new awesome ministry, we'd like to hear about it. If you have a question, please let us know. If you just want to say good morning, you can also let us know, and I will say Michael Romero will respond to all your good mornings. Ah, Every single on one. The spot. Every single one. 
But listen, all of this is not possible. Everything that we talk about, everything that you see on that app is not possible without your faithful giving. And first, I want to say thank you, church, because you are a faithful giving. You have proven that you can be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in your giving and in not just giving of your tithes, but giving of your time as well. And we thank you for that. If you want to give today, there's a QR code. Again, it's all magical. You can hit all kinds of things on that QR code. You can use our Facebook. You can get use the app or you can use the boxes at the doors. And thank you so much for for being faithful to God. Love you, church. We turn it over to our senior pastor, Richard Master. Welcome him to the platform. What a joy to be able to be here today and celebrate what God is doing and that we got an extra night of sleep, uh, an extra night, I mean an extra hour, (laughs) but it felt like a whole night. I was like, wow. All I know is it is so wonderful to see your smiling faces. Guys, I've been doing this uh, sermon series called Basics of Life, and essentials that we really need in our walk with Christ and things that we really need to look at. There's a passage that I absolutely love, and I like uh, sharing it and reading it. It's in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. The Apostle Paul says, For we are God's masterpiece. I just love that. You're God's masterpiece. So turn to your neighbor and say, you're God's masterpiece. You're God's masterpiece. That's all you're supposed to say, okay? You're not supposed to say you're a Picasso. I can't figure you out. But he says, he created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we could do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Now, God wants us to be contributors, not only consumers. He really wants us to impact lives. He wants us to change communities. He wants us to be the change we want to see. And it's important that we do that. And it's important that we really go out into our community. And and it starts by investing our lives. So that's what I want to talk about, what it looks like to invest our lives. And in the passage we're going to read in these 17 verses, it, 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 it really shares seven principles, at least, that I'm going to bring out for investing our lives. And it's found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, and it's verse 14 through 30. And Jesus is talking, and he says, again, the kingdom of heaven will be illustrated by the story of a man who went on a long trip, and he called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one two bags to another, and one bag to the last. Dividing it in proportion to their ability. Too many times we say, everyone has the same ability. That's really not true. Some people have more abilities than others, and we see that, especially with politicians, that some have no business even being there because they have no abilities. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I digressed from the sermon. (laughs) But, but all kidding aside, he says, he gave it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on a trip. And the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two. But the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, a, tri- a time, 
their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. A servant in whom he had entrusted five bags of silver came forward and with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so I will now give you many more responsibility. Let's celebrate together. A servant with, uh, who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. Now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant that had the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I know that you were a harsh man. Harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I, have, I was afraid and I would, that I would lose the money, so I hid it in the earth. He says, look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I had harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I would have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who will use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But with those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness, for there is for there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Lord, I pray that we could really uh, glean some truth and principles how we can invest our lives. And I pray that, Lord, at the end, we will respond in a way that will be pleasing to you. In Christ's name, amen. You know, when you read this passage and you read this story, <clears throat> you see that God really wants to uh, pour into us so that we can pour out to others. And the first thing we need to see, the first principle we need to see is God's ownership, ownership, that everything that we have really belongs to God, everything. What we have is his, it's not ours. And we have to understand that, and we have to realize that, that everything we've been given, it's God's. Our talents, our giftings, our, our minds, our bodies, our strengths, our inabilities, whatever we have, God has given that to us, and we need to use it for his glory. But we need to remember it's his and not ours. We're stewards of it. We are managing it. We're managing the gifts he's given us. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, we just finished reading it. He says, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story of a man going on a trip, and he called his servants, and he entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He entrusted, he's saying, this is mine, but I'm going to let you use it. This is mine, but I want you to use it, and I want you to use it wisely. This is mine, and I want to see what you're going to do with it. This is mine. Everything that we have is his, and everything that we are is his, and we're going to have to give an account. 
I don't know if any of you have ever been audited by the IRS. Jesus is going to audit us, man. He's going to call us into account. That's even more intense. We're going to have to give an account for what we're doing and what we've done with the things he's entrusted with. And some of you have such amazing giftings, and you're not doing anything with them except sitting on it. And God is saying, get with it. I've given you this to use, and yet you're not using it. I've given you this to invest into people's lives, and yet you're not investing. I've given you this to advance my kingdom, and yet you're not doing anything. So we have to understand that the ownership of our talents and giftings and of ourselves all belongs to God. And we're going to have to give an account someday. And we're going to have to give an account before God. And we're going to have to stand before him. And he's going to say, what did you do with the gifts that I gave you? What did you do with the talents that I gave you? What did you do with the life that I gave you? What did you do? And you're going to have to give an account. And some of you are going to say, just like the wicked one, oh, man, you're harsh. You're always asking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Just leave me alone. This is my life. And he goes, oh, you want me to take away everything in mind? <laughs> He'll even take your life. And so we've got to understand that everything belongs to him. And you've got to see the second principle there is allocation, that God allocates his gifts. He, God has given each one of us unique gifts. And the allocations that God pours out, he's given giftings. And to some, some of you are, are just a one gifted person, that we're, we're just one gifted people. We just have one gift. Some of us have two gifts. Some of us have five gifts. Some of us have 10 gifts. Some of us know people that can multitask. Some of us know people that can barely task at all. And that's just the way we are. God has made us like that. God has created us. Some scientists got together and, some, uh, uh, and, and they said that they came up with that, that human beings have between 600 to 800 talents. Like, wow, that's amazing. And some of us don't even use the one that we have. And yet God is going to call us into check. He's going to call us, but he gives it out in proportion to our abilities. As we read in verse 15, he says, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. Every one of us has different abilities, but he expects you to use the one that you have. He expects you to use the gift that you have because he's given you giftings, he's given you talents, he's given you abilities that you can do, and he's saying, what are you doing with what you have? Many of you have seen Vic, uh, and I, I can never remember how to pronounce his last name. He's an evangelist that has no legs. He has only one hand, as, as a, a little flipper, he calls it. And, and this guy is just this phenomenal evangelist and he's winning millions of people to Christ. And he preaches. And I've had the privilege of meeting him personally. And, and he's just about this tall of a person. And they carry him out and they place him up on a table to preach. And I'm going, can you imagine? I, I, I couldn't believe it. I'm seeing this when I was there with him. And I'm going, this is for real. This is really going on. This is a real person. Yet... He's not being limited by anything. He's not being limited by his limitations. He's being used for the glory of God. Are you? 
Are you being used in a way that you're impacting the people around you, that you're impacting the place that you work, that you're impacting the school that you go to, that you're impacting the community you belong to? Are you making a difference? Because that's what God's calling us to do. And he's saying, I've allocated these gifts to you. I've given it in proportion to your ability. In the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 6, he says, in his grace, in God's loving grace, he has given us different gifts. And we have to understand that. We're doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. He's saying, I've given you different gifts to use for my glory. What are you doing with the gifts that he's given you? Some of you are phenomenal. I see your giftings and it just, wow, it's amazing. It's simply amazing. And it's amazing how you're using it for God's glory and you're advancing the kingdom and you're impacting people's lives, but you're impacting them for eternity. And that's what God wants us to do. He really wants us to impact people for all of eternity because that's where we're supposed to spend the rest of eternity is with him. We're not citizens of earth. We're citizens of heaven. And if you haven't come to Christ yet, then you're a citizen of hell because God has given us a way out of hell. And he's given us a way out of hell through his son, Jesus Christ. Because the wages of sin is death. We're already condemned by our own selves to hell. But he loves us so much, he built a, he built a, a ladder out of there it's shaped like a cross. And because of his death on the cross, we can get out of there. And he has given us these gifts to make sure other people don't end up in hell for all of eternity. And it's up to us to really make that difference. It's up to us to make that impact. And it's really important that we use our gifting. And another thing he does is in this story, you see a principle of accountability. We're going to have to give an account for what we're doing. I said that, but God expects us to use our talent, and then he's going to call us in to check. He's going to say, okay, what would you do with it? In Romans chapter 14, verse 12, it says, yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. Man, that's going to be an intense meeting. We're going to be seated in the presence of God. I don't know if we'll sit down. We'll probably just fall on our face, flat on our face. Go, wow, I can't believe I'm here in the presence of God. And he's going to say, what did you do with your life? We're going to give a personal account of your life. And you're going to see a movie. This is your life. And you're going to see the good, bad, and the ugly. And those things that have been forgiven and you've asked God forgiven, that's just going to be blanked out in the screen. It's not going to be there. And I'm so thankful because I've done some really stupid things. Thank God they're not as stupid as you guys, but they're bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. Calm down. Some of y'all, oh, my gosh. I'm not going to put up with this. I'm leaving. Wait till the service is over, okay? No, but look, haven't we all done really dumb things? Haven't you done something that you really look back and you go, I can't believe I did that. What was I thinking? Obviously, you weren't because I wasn't. But God is so loving and caring that he'll forgive us. It says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. But he's going to give, we're going to have to give an account. We're going to have to stand before him and, and he wants to know how we use our lives. 
How are you using your life? How are you using the gifts? How are you using the talents? How are you using those things that he's given you? Some of you have the gift of gab. You know how to talk. Use it for God's glory. Talk about him. If you're going to gossip, gossip about God. Gossip about all the great things he's done. Don't gossip about people. And if you're going to gossip about people, gossip about how they were once all messed up and now they're found and God transformed their life. Don't be talking bad about people. Use it for his glory. Then in, in Matthew chapter 25, verse 19, it says, after a long time, their master returned. Jesus is going to return. He's either going to call us up or he's going to rapture us and we're going to be in the presence of God. And he's, he said there, and, and he called each one to give an account. We're going to have to give an account. And I don't think we understand that sometimes. I don't think we understand that. And I want you to know God's always watching. God always watches. And I'll never forget, I was just telling a group of friends last night that, that when I was young and, and uh, Cindy and I were dating, we started dating in high school, and, and I didn't even have my driver's license yet, and Cindy did. And, and so she would borrow her dad's car, and we would go to the end of the block, and then I would drive, and we could go. And, and my dad would go, so where are you guys going tonight? I, uh, we're probably going to go out to dinner and dance. And he goes, okay, well, don't go to Juarez. And I go, absolutely, Dad, I won't go to Juarez. And the first place we went was Juarez because we were underage and we could do things in Juarez we couldn't do in the United States. So we were, so one night we're over there, we're having dinner and drinking and dancing, and here I'm on the dance floor, and who do you think I bump into? My aunt and uncle. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And this is my aunt that talked to my mom every single day of her life. So that was on a Saturday night, and I get up, and we're getting ready for church. And, and I get up, and my dad's there in his chair, real cool, reading the paper. Never even moved, moved it down. He goes, good morning, boy. I go, hey, Dad. Uh, so what did you do last night? I go, oh, we went dancing and uh, took Cindy out to dinner and dancing. So where'd you guys go? I'm like, oh, he already knows. Good old Tio Tito and Tia Lala ratted me out, you know. <laughs> and so I go, uh, we went to Max Fien. And he goes, oh, I didn't know Max Fien had a restaurant here in El Paso now. <laughs> and I go, they don't, Dad. I know you know. I was in Juarez, and I know you said not to go, and I went, and don't beat me, Dad, don't beat me. I didn't say that because he never used to beat me, but he would just give me that look that I would rather wish I got a beating than that look. But God's always watching. When parents say they have eyes on the back of their head, they even have eyes on the other side of the border. <laughs> pray, 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 pray. You moms, don't stop praying for your kids. You dads, don't stop praying. Someone will always end up because they're going to have to give an account. One day, God's going to ask us, what did you do with what I've given you? Where have you been? What did you do? What were you up to? And I hope and pray we could answer right because he is truly going to give us a 
moment of accountability. And not only are we going to have to be accountable, but man, he, he really, in this story, he really talks about utilizing our gift right. He says, it's wrong for me to bury what God gave me, to take what God has given me and not use it for him. We're going to have to give that account for utilization, how, how we utilize what we have been given. You're going to have to give that account. Look, the first guy doubled his talent, doubled them. The next guy doubled his. The last guy buried his. And this is what he said in verse 26 and 27. He replied, you wicked and lazy servant. Man, God's calling him wicked and lazy. He goes, why didn't you at least deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gained answers. At least something could have been used with what I gave you. Something would have been done, but no, you buried it. You buried it. And this story is telling us, and this verse is telling us that you can't please God without faith. You have to exercise faith. This this servant said, I was afraid. I was afraid. I I I didn't know what to do because I was afraid, and I was afraid, so I hid it. You know what? Fear causes us to do some crazy things. But he's saying, in spite of your fear, I want you to move by faith, not by fear. I want you to step out in faith. I want you to trust me for things that I'm calling you to do. For those of you that are businessmen and women and business owners, you know how that is. When you stepped out by faith to start your business, before you used to have a paycheck that was guaranteed for working your 40, 50, whatever many hours you worked. But now you are going to be the boss, and you're going to be the business, and you're going to have to stir up business, and you're going, well, here it goes. Let's see how it goes. And you step out by faith. And starting a church is, Step out by faith. We came here 41 years ago, and the church had closed, and we started up again. I had a newborn baby, a wife that's trusting me, and no check coming in. And it's like, here we go. God wants you to exercise faith, not fear. He wants you to step out because it's impossible to please God without faith. It says with faith, that's how we please him to step out, and we've got to understand that he wants you to try even if you fail. Do you know how many times business owners and and executives and managers fail? you know how many times they make a bad decision? I know I have, where I go, well, I'll never do that again. I think I've shared the story before. I'm thinking, man, I like hunting, and I thought, man, wouldn't it be cool We'll have a hunting trip, and I got a bunch of guys together that like hunting that are all Christians, and I go, hey, invite one of your unchurched friends, someone that doesn't know Jesus, to go hunting with us, and we'll go hunting, and at dinner time, I'll do the cooking because I like cooking, and, and then we'll have a little Bible study, and it'll be really cool, you know? We'll sing, kumbaya, my love, you know? <laughs> okay, maybe we wouldn't do that, but so, so we go out there, and after dinner, 
I go, okay, guys, hey, why don't we come together? I want to have a little Bible study. These guys, we're not going to have no Bible study. That's the dumbest thing we've ever heard. The next thing you know, I hear a bunch of cans opening. They weren't Coca-Cola. They're drinking alcohol and beer. And then I start smelling weed. I'm like, oh, those are cigarettes. These are really unchurched people. These guys are getting drunk, and they got weed, and they got guns. Oh, God, protect us. Happy ending, some guys got saved, but the other happy ending, I said, never do that again. Because our unchurched friends are unchurched. Hear me. You do some things sometimes that you go, note to self, I'll never do that again. And it's okay. It's okay to fail. Because that means you're trying and you're stepping out and you're doing something that might be worthwhile and it might be new to you. But let me tell you something. If you're not learning from it and if you keep doing the same thing over and over and over and the same mistake over and over and over, that's not cool. But it's okay to fail every once in a while. Because that means you're stepping out by faith. And that's what he wants us to do. And then you see motivation in this story. He says, and I want to motivate you. He goes, I'm giving you this, this silver to use it while I'm gone. See what you're going to do with it. But fear keeps us from using our talent. I just talked about it. He said, I was afraid, in verse 25, I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it. I was afraid, and I hid it. There are a lot of different kinds of fears, but in this story, you see three different fears that that jump out that'll keep you from developing your talents. The first one is self-doubt. How many times are you saying, man, you feel like God wants you to do something, but you're always going, yeah, right, but I'm just too dumb. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. And, and fear keeps you from, from, from people really jumping out and utilizing their gift. It locks them up like a prison, and it keeps them from developing their potential. I'm afraid I'll fail. I want you to know failure isn't fatal. You've got to understand that. So we need even though you might have some self-doubt, you have to press beyond that. Another thing is this self-consciousness. It, it's another fear that we deal with. Because what are people going to say? What are people going to think? Oh, my goodness, what are they going to do? Proverbs 29, verse 25 says, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. And, and you've got to, don't fear people. People will say all kinds of stuff. When, when we were trying to look for a larger place to, to, to buy, and, and I had presented this place, and, and then we went before the church, and we said we, we found a building that we're going to be putting a bid in. And, and man, you should have seen, there were some people that came hardcore against me. I can't believe you're going to take us into some place that was once a nightclub. It was a place of wickedness. It was a place of, and I'm like, ah, shut up. 
I didn't tell him that, but that's what I was thinking. Because I was like, I know I heard from God. And there were some that didn't cross over. They didn't come with us. And some are still hoping we fail. Some are still waiting us to fall flat on our face. And do you realize it's been three years this month that we moved into this place? Three years. And we moved in with one service, and now we have two. And God just keeps bringing more and more new families in and more and more new people. And God is doing amazing things. Yet, you know what? If we would have listened to the naysayers and we would have listened to those that said, this is a really dumb idea, let me tell you something. We would have been trapped by hearing the wrong voices. Don't be trapped by hearing the wrong voices. And another fear is self-pity. We, we, we get into this thing where we, we, God can't use me. You don't understand my past. You don't understand what I've done. You don't understand where I come from. You don't understand, you don't understand, you don't understand. Remember Judas and, and Peter? They were both disciples of the Lord. Judas sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. Peter sold Jesus out by denying him. Judas couldn't deal with it, so he went out and hung himself, committed suicide. Peter couldn't deal with it and walked away, but then he repented before the Lord. And the first time Peter got up to preach, 3,000 people came to Christ. You see, God could look beyond our shame, beyond our issue, and beyond our self-pity and use us for his glory. You remember Moses? Moses murdered somebody, yet he became the total leader of liberation for the people of Israel from Egypt. Look at King David. He committed adultery and then committed murder. He killed Bathsheba's husband, orders him to be killed. And, and man, yet God calls him a man after God's own heart. And we could go on and on. Paul the apostle was persecuting the church. And he ended up dying the persecuted. God does amazing things if we get beyond our self-pity, if we, if we get beyond the, I can't do that, God can't use me, God can't, God can't, God can do all things. God uses people with a past. And who, so let me ask you something. Who are you blaming for not doing what you're supposed to be doing for the Lord? Who are you blaming? Are you like Adam? Well, the woman you gave me, the serpent. You got to move beyond your fear. You got to move beyond that pain. Bring me to the sixth thing, application. If I don't use it, I'll lose it. I mean, it's really important right there in verse 28. He says, then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with 10 bags of silver. Have you ever noticed the more talented even get more talented if you use your gift? It's just amazing. Just simply amazing. One of my grandsons is, is a musician, and he wanted to learn to play drums. But we had a, a, an old drum set, and then my wife's drum set, and she's a really good drummer, and she started teaching him how to play drums. So in the eighth grade, he tried out for the band, and he was phenomenal. And now in high school, he's a percussionist. 
He not only plays the drums, now he plays the congas and he plays the marimba and he plays the bass guitar and he's learning the, the guitar and he's playing keyboards. And I'm like, dude, you're amazing. How are you learning this? I don't know, Grandpa, I just pick it up and I hear it and I play it and it comes out and it's right. And I'm like, man, son, keep using your gifting. And yesterday they had a band competition and and my daughter had to come up here to Albuquerque and I was hoping he was going to be able to come. And I go, man, are you going to be able to come? Your brother came the other day. I'd love to see you. And he goes, no, Grandpa, I, I asked my band teacher, but we have a competition and he goes, Danny, there's no way I could do it without you. We, you're, our, you're our lead guy. You are the, the number one guy that plays the parts. He plays a marimba with four mallets, two in each hand. And I'm like, dude, you're amazing. And he just uses that, and he gets more and more and more. Many of you are the same. You guys have giftings, and you use that one, and then God gives you another one, and then he gives you another one, and then he gives you another one, and some of you are doing such phenomenal things, and it's just overwhelming to see how God has started with one of your gifts, and now you guys are just using your giftings, and you have more and more and more. And then there's some that only have that one gift, and they don't even use that. And then they end up losing that. There's a lot of one-gifted people, one-talented people that don't use it, and they lose it. And then in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 21, it says, may he equip you with what you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good deed that is pleasing to him, all glory, he says, all glory to him forever and ever. Amen. And the way to invest your talents is through pouring yourself out. Pouring yourself out and giving of yourself. Using your talents. Yesterday, they had sisterhood. And sisterhood is a, a gathering of any woman from the church, and they could bring their friends, cousins, relatives, whatever. And they have a gathering and they have a, a, a brunch and they have someone speak some encouraging words. Uh, Pastor Eddie's wife, Merlinda, spoke yesterday on that they're all Wonder Women. And she used Wonder Woman as a model and her powers, how God has given you these powers to use for his glory. And they had a great gathering. And they, they really do it up. Guys, we have a men's breakfast. We're lucky to have tables and chairs. That's all we want. And then bring the food. Hey, come on. Not the women. They have tablecloths and centerpieces. And, and I'm like, man. So I'm like, goodness gracious, Cindy, those centerpieces are elaborate. Where did you get those? She goes, Elethia made them. I go, what? She made them, made them? She goes, yeah. So then I'm looking at it, and then all of a sudden her husband was bragging about his wife. He goes, my wife is so gifted and talented, and he posted this plain Jane pumpkin. Then how she decorated them and made them and detailed them, and, and they're absolutely beautiful. And I'm looking like, man, 
Even has these phenomenal gifts. Elevia has these phenomenal gifts. They're a powerhouse together. He's a carpenter, finished carpenter, and man, that's, that's simply amazing. And the neat thing, they're using it for God's glory. Like for a trunk or treat, she said, hey, it'd be cool if you could build this little fence. And he built this like elaborate, gorgeous fence. And she goes, oh, my gosh, I didn't think it was going to be all beautiful. I just wanted a little. He goes, man, that's my name on it. And this dude is like, you ought to see. His work is crazy amazing. And he goes, I can't just put any cheesy thing out there for the Lord. Just like she can't. And just like we shouldn't. It's an amazing gift that God wants to use us to give. And the last thing you see in this story is compensation. That if you use God's gift wisely, we're going to be rewarded. We're going to be rewarded. I want to hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling a small amount. Now I'm going to give you more responsibility. And I love this. Let's celebrate together. That's how you know God has to be Chicano. He loves to celebrate, baby. I know. Calm down. I know all races like to celebrate. Look, but this verse gives us three rewards that God's going to literally give us if we use our talents in ministry. It's, it, it's rewards that he's going to pour out as we serve others to make a contribution in this world. And the first reward, he says, is that we get the affirmation of God. God, God says, well done. God says, well done, my good and faithful servant. God says, you're amazing. God says, you're awesome. For those of you that are have ever been on a stage or something where you're playing sports or you're playing an instrument or whatever you're doing, and in the midst of this huge crowd, your mom or your dad yell out, Way to go, son! You know their voice, and you go, That was my mama. That was my daddy. Yeah. There's something that energizes you that to hear God go, Yes. Well done. Yeah, hit it out of the park. Yes. He gives us affirmation. He also gives us promotion. God's promotion. You've been faithful in handling a little. Now you're going to get a whole lot more. I'm going to promote you. And I don't know about you. When you ever got your first promotion? And you got your first raise. I don't know about you, man. I called my mom and dad. Guess what? They made me assistant manager. I'm only 15 years old. I'm assistant manager of the clothing store. Man, is that cool or what? They gave me the key to the store. 15-year-old kid. Can you imagine? But, man, I was like, how exciting is this? National Shirt Shop, assistant manager. 
Yeah, baby, I've arrived. But I moved on, but I arrived for the moment. <laughs> and then he gives us celebration. God said, let's celebrate. We don't take enough time to celebrate. We don't take enough time to say thank you, Lord. We need to start taking time to celebrate. Let's celebrate together. God says, I'm smiling down on you. God says, it's party time. This is good stuff. Many of you have amazing giftings, and you're not using them for God's glory. You're afraid. You don't feel adequate. And you need to press beyond that. God is saying, don't you understand? I've gifted you with these gifts to use for my glory and my honor and to really be able to do supernatural things that I want to do through you. And I want to challenge us today to say, what is it going to take for us to move into ministry? What is it going to take for us to get involved? What is it going to take for us to step up and step out and step to really do something great? And to reach up and say, God, I get it. I get it. Today, Lord, I'm grabbing hold of your hand. I know you're reaching down. I'm reaching up. And I'm going to reach in. I'm going to reach into my church because they need me. I'm going to reach into my church because they have tools that I can get stronger and educate myself. But they have things that need to be done that I need to reach in here to help get them done. And then we can reach out and impact the lost and dying world with the power of Jesus Christ. And if you're not doing something, I really encourage you to step up and step out and do it. And I really want to challenge you to do that. And if you're not a Christian, I encourage you to become a Christian, to accept Christ as your Savior. And if you've never done that and you want to do that today, raise your hand and say, you know what, Pastor, I've never prayed that and I would love to do that. Anyone here today? Yeah, praise God. Praise God. Anyone else? Anyone else? Well, we want to celebrate. You that raise your hand, we don't want to embarrass you. We want, it's just a great decision you're making. So if you'll stand, we're going to pray with you and for you. And just say this prayer, church. Can you say this prayer to encourage him and just say, Heavenly Father, today I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. I realize I'm a sinner. And I need a Savior. So today I surrender my life. And I accept Christ to walk hand in hand from this day forward. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hey, come on up here. I'd love to, I'd love to give you a hug. Can you come over here real quick? I just want to give you a hug. And, and I don't know if... Uh, I don't know what you might be going through right now. But I don't know if it's time that you step up. But if... if you're in a place right now that God is calling you 
to surrender and to utilize his life. Thank you, sir. I'm excited for you, brother. Hey, wait right here. I got a Bible for you. I want to invite you up for prayer if you want to step out today and say, man, I'm going to step beyond my fear, beyond my self-pity, my self-conscious, my, my just self-doubt. And I want to say, God, I want to be used of you. Use me for your glory. Help me to step up here at New Beginnings. Help me to step up for the kingdom of God. Would you stand with us? And if you want prayer, make your way up. We hope you'll come up. Is David Gonzalez here today? You know if he's here. Heavenly Father, today, as we lay down our life, we surrender our gifts, our talents. We surrender our fear. We surrender our apprehensions. I pray that you use us for your glory and you take us to a new level of living and a new way of doing life. And that, Father God, will bring glory to your name. And that, Lord, we will hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. I pray in Christ's glorious name. Amen. God bless you, church. We love you. And I pray blessing over you in Christ's name.